Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome back, everybody. Episode 91 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I have Fabian Dietrich on the show. And Fabian has a really interesting life. Just like me, he uh, tends to travel quite a lot. He's what they call a digital nomad. And I've also met him at a digital nomad conference in Bangkok a few months ago, where we were actually both speaking. So I'm very excited to have Fabian on the show. I think we're going to have an uh, awesome conversation. So Fabian, welcome to the show. Hi, Esther. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on the podcast. How's it going? Where are you at the moment? I am in my flat and standing in uh, what I call the office on, on the Airbnb listing. I just came back to Germany. I spent the last six months traveling in the Land Rover in Morocco and uh, Senegal and Spain and France. And the rest of the time I spent in Airbnb in Brazil, Peru and Colombia. So it was a mix of being hosted by Airbnb places and half of the time being in the land rover traveling through different countries. So how long have you been traveling? Well, I'm 35 now and uh, I started traveling with 20. So in the last 15 years, I was basically six months per year traveling or living, living abroad. So you spend six months per year at home in Berlin and then the other six months of the year you, you travel. Yeah, pr- pretty much like when it's winter time in, in Berlin, then I prefer to get other places where where it's a bit warmer. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. <laughs> uh, you would you wouldn't like spend the winter in Germany and then go travel in the summer. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> they would suck. But though I have to say, I miss it a little bit. I, I now had no winter for three or four years, and and I can see the benefit of the winter. You know, when you're staying at home and looking and melancholy out of the window, and you have you have different thoughts. But I know that if I would spend a whole winter here, which is like seven months after a week, I would be like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Let's go to where it's warm. <laughs> the way that you travel is quite interesting. You Do you actually sleep in the Land Rover? Yes, yes. I love it. I mean, I just spent some days in, in a hotel in Malaga, which was quite a good hotel, and I couldn't sleep there, you know. And then I go into the small Land Rover and I sleep like a king. I just sleep nine hours. I wake up. I'm totally fresh. I really like this reduced, small, cavey space of the Land Rover. Mm-hmm. I love to sleep in it. And you have the benefit that you can just drive everywhere. You know, the Land Rover is pretty high. So there's a big gap between the ground and, and the chassis of the Land Rover. So no matter how big the stones are, you can go there. And what I usually do is I pull out Google Maps, uh, put on the satellite view. And then when I'm, let's say, I'm in the Andalusian coast in southern Spain, I just see where does it look like small roads going to some abandoned beach and i just go there and nobody else can come there not even the police <laughs> to chase you away and and that's where i sleep that's interesting that's a really interesting way to travel i have two questions for you number one you're, you're talking about the police is it legal to just drive anywhere and sleep in your car i don't know i never looked into it i just do it and i never had any problems so far i did uh, 
whole South America from Uruguay to Colombia. I had no single instance where somebody told me to move away. Now I just spent uh, like two months in Morocco, Spain, France, even Germany, and nobody told me anything. It might be that in Spain it was the off season because it's more like, what is it, like April, May, March, where it's not so popular for all these Germans, you know, people from the north going down to spend the winter down there. And that maybe because of that, there's not so much controls as usual, but I had no problems at all. Yeah, I, I like that approach. It's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission, because otherwise, you know, right. you never, you never get, any, get anything done. I, th I think the main difference is that when you have camping van, it's usually these big, white, rectangular boxes, right? And everybody knows that this is a camping van when you sleep. And if you have a Land Rover, it just looks like a military Jeep. And it just has an extension on the roof, which you could use for sleeping, but it doesn't look like a real camping van. But you, ha you actually have a built-in bed in the roof? Yeah, it's an extension that you can put on the roof and you can extend and then you can sleep in it. That's pretty awesome. My second question that I have for you is, I love the idea of sleeping out, kind of like anywhere in nature and kind of like outside. But the only thing that would worry me is if it's really hot, like do you have a, like an, some sort of air conditioning in your, in your Land Rover or... No, um, I mean, when you're driving, I, I always have all the windows open. So there's enough of airflow so, so that you're not hot. Then usually at night, it's, it's, it's usually not hot, at least not in Europe. You know, if you go to Senegal, it might be. But the good thing when you extend this roof tent, then you can't see the outside and the outside can't look into, but you can open some, some zippers and then the only barrier between you and the outside world is a mosquito net so that means wind passes through okay. so you're lying in your bed but the wind is passing through on top of you and that creates a nice airflow so that it's never really short okay so you don't get too hot in there awesome man i love it so um let's talk about airbnb you started hosting fairly recently right about six months ago you said yeah like six seven months ago when i left berlin i i put the ad online and what did you do with your apartment before that? Oh, before I lived in it. And uh, I, the last time I, I left for like six, seven months, I just rented it to one single person. Okay, interesting. How much did you rent it out for before Airbnb? It's quite a big apartment. It has 110 square meters, uh, three rooms. One of it is an office and it can easily fit six people in terms of beds, sleeping couches and mattresses. So the normal rent for this is... 980 euros or i think with everything included it's maybe 1050 and i just rented it for that price because it was a friend and i had the trust that the apartment is going to be okay so I, I i didn't make any money with it i also didn't lose any money with it and yeah that that <laughs> changed when i used airbnb so you're making about a thousand euros which sounds like a steal for a 110 square meter apartment uh in in berlin but i guess you you know you're doing your friend a favor you know that there's somebody in there that you trust and so when you started uh doing airbnb did you make uh -huh. a lot more yes more than double i mean i think the daily price for let's say a couple uh would be a hundred 10 euros and then for each extra person it was would be plus 15 so it was nearly always booked by six people because i think that's the advantage of my place that not many 
hosts in Berlin have places which can host six people. And so if that's a group of six, they don't have so many options. And then they usually, uh, I mean, many take my, my apartment. So if you do the math, you have the basic price of, I don't know what it was, I think 110 plus six times 15. So I think on average, I made like 150 euros uh, per night. And in the beginning, uh, it wasn't always rented out, but later, uh, when I had a couple of reviews, it was always booked. So in the last months, I think I made uh, 2,600 or 2,700 euros with, with flat. That's awesome. How do you manage your listing when you're driving around in, in Morocco, in some remote area in your Land Rover? How do you manage your listing? I don't have anything to do with it, basically. There's uh, there's someone I know who, I mean, now, now it's changing because I think the laws have been changing since the 1st of May here in Berlin. But before, uh, this person had some sort of business where he was managing, I think, 25 different flats in Berlin uh, in terms of having somebody who delivers the keys, having somebody who comes in when the, whole, when the guest leaves and uh, cleans the sheets and cleans the flat and checks if everything is still there, writes the reviews, does, does the bookings, explains how to get from the airport to the flat and so on. So I just basically did nothing and had somebody managing the flat and the ad. Okay, so you were using a short-term uh, management company, short-stay management company, I should say. How much did they charge for that, for those services? I think 11%, 11%. of everything that came in. Yes. And you didn't have to do anything, not even like accept bookings, communicate, send messages, etc. Right. But it's it's a friend. I don't know if usually he would charge more, but I think it's it's usually 13%. Okay, that sounds like a really good deal. So what I've seen is that those companies typically charge between 20 and 30%. Okay, well, I had a good deal. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely had a good deal. And what was your experience? Was it Was it good? Yeah, all good in the beginning. Um, you know, before I left, I, I was worrying a little bit, like, what should I leave in the apartment? Can I leave my books? Can I leave my stuff? Will, will people take things away? But um, everything was, was cool. So I just came back yesterday and everything looks looks in place. I have a whiteboard here, which is full of <laughs> funny messages from the different guests that were here. And nothing is gone. Everything is like it was before. Uh, there, there were some instances... And this is my main takeaway for next time, if I ever do it again, is that in the description, I said the neighbors are pretty relaxed, right? Which is true. The neighbors are pretty relaxed. But I think if you're 20 and you're coming from UK to Germany, and especially to Berlin, which is like the nightlife spot, then you read this as, wow, this is a party flat. Let's turn the music on really loud, which which happened. So. I had two or three different complaints, especially with this one group of, of six people from, from London, I think. And that got me worried. So I wanted to stop the ad. Um, but then we changed the description and didn't say, uh, the neighbors are pretty relaxed. We said, if you're looking for a party flat, this is not it. <laughs> and it was still booked. But I think it filtered away these people who were really looking to you know, not sleep and come back home from the club at 8 a.m. or 6 a.m. and then put the music on full 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 volume right um so, so that helped a lot and also just briefing the people when they move in to you know if you leave to the airport at 4 a.m don't you know take your trolley in the hand and don't make this bam bam sound on the stairs when you walk down and please do not put on the music too loud after 10 
p.m. and before 8 a.m. And uh, since then, I had no more complaints. I think the main thing was changing the description from neighbors are pretty relaxed to this is not a party flat. <laughs> right, yeah, so I, I hear what you mean. Uh, that was a concern for me as well because Amsterdam is also known as a bit of a party city. So what I did, I, I decided to focus on couples because couples tend to party not as much as, as single people. And so that's really uh, helped me as well. But the other thing I do is I don't always approve every single request. Like if I get a, a request for, let's say, Friday through Monday, and there's not a lot of information on the profile, I always ask, like, what, what are you guys looking to do? What's the composition of the group? And if it's like, let's say, four guys in their late teens or early 20s, then I'm going to be very hesitant to accept that reservation because I know what they're going to be doing. They're going to, they're going to be partying. They're going to get wasted. They're going to be smoking weed. And, you know, that's, that's uh, just kind of like a high risk factor. Do you filter your guests at all? Like you're, I mean, I know you're not uh, involved really in the, in the managing of your uh, listing, but did you tell the guy that you work with, like, Hey, let's, you know, let's not have like a group of young singles uh, in, in the apartment or. Yeah. In the beginning I was a bit more worried. And then I also checked the request and uh, talked to the person who's managing it uh, to accept it or not. Um, afterwards I just didn't want to care about it anymore. And, I think at one point we even turned on the instant booking and it was on until very recently. So there was no control anymore about how, who's, who's coming. Um, but I think we then just did a good job on briefing the people when they moved in. And I think we upfront, if it was these kind of groups, we would tell them, Hey, the neighbors have, have the number of this person. So, you know, they, they, they will inform us in case that it's too loud and, yeah, in two instances, the, this the, this person who's managing the flat had to had to call the guys uh, living in here. But that was all back in the days when the description still said the neighbors are really relaxed. So I think that changed recently. What's going on in Berlin? I know there's there's been a lot of talk about Airbnb in Berlin. I know there's a lot of people saying that it it increases the the rent for the for the local people. So a lot of people are kind of against Airbnb in Berlin. What's what's your thoughts on on that situation? I mean, the arguments make sense. You know, it it brings down the hotel industry. It might, yeah, but I I also think it has to happen. The idea just makes sense. You know, if I have a car and I drive in it five hundred kilometers and there's five seats and I just use one, it makes sense to put other people in the car. And share it. If I have a flat which is empty, but it can host six people and it doesn't, it makes sense that it's being used. So I think in general, the idea is, is, is great. And it's, it's just the evolution of, of the shared uh, economy and it has to go that way. Maybe since it's a little fresh, there's still problems that have to be figured out in the beginning, which is happening right now. But in general, I think. These kind of things have to happen, like blah, blah, kind, Airbnb and Uber and all that. It cannot go away because the idea is just great. Now, I can understand the arguments of the hotel industry saying, hey, we, we're losing so many beds being rented out because of Airbnb. I can understand the arguments of people trying to live in Berlin but having really hard time to find places because there's a lot of people who just rent places and then rent it to tourists as a business. Um, so that all makes sense. I, I don't know what the right solution is. I think what's currently on going on in Berlin is that 
there's a law which uh, is active since the 1st of May, which says that if you just have an apartment to rent it to people and you're not living in there yourself, then it's not going to be legal anymore. And there's high fines that people assumingly have to pay. So that would be the case of someone maybe buying or renting a flat and just renting it out on a day-by-day basis on Airbnb. I can understand that that's maybe not the desired thing to do for, for a city. I think in cases like me or you, where we half of the time live in a place and then just go traveling here and there and then rent it out, that's still going to be legal. So I'm I'm not really affected. And even if you if you live in a place and you just rent it as a shared place, that that's also still legal. But I don't know. I don't I don't really have a strong opinion of it. Or if I have, I'm biased because of course I like to go on with with the Airbnb. But I also understand the other perspective. Yeah, and I also think that uh, you know there's only a, a certain amount of people that visit the city, right? They have to stay somewhere. So I think that. It's a, we're kind of like in a transitional phase where, you know, before pretty much everyone would stay in a hotel. And now that's shifting towards a lot of people staying in an empty space when somebody else is on holiday or somebody else's spare room or, or whatever. And I think that's, that's a more efficient way to use resources. Like you said, there's no point having an empty space. But the thing is, during that transitional stage, you know, there's, there's going to be, some negative effects for for some people you know like for example the the hotel industry they might i don't know if they actually sell less rooms like i looked into this in amsterdam the hotels in amsterdam haven't actually sold fewer rooms than uh, than the years before so i'm suspecting that airbnb is actually creating a little extra demand where people travel because they can stay in an airbnb you know there must be a bunch of people who just don't want to stay in a hotel i guess but in theory you would say okay well we just need fewer hotels then you know because because some of the people aren't aren't going to stay in the hotels they're going to stay in the airbnbs yeah it's a bit like you know for making the internet illegal to keep on alive the radio or, or TV industry. You know? just, things just get disrupted if there's something better coming along. And on the long term, I don't think it can it can be forbidden. It's just a good idea. It, it, it has to happen some, some way or another. And I think it's just the transitional phase where sooner or later we find rules which, um, which are pleasant for everyone. I mean, also, if you look at the experience of staying in a hotel or staying in a flat, it's just so much better. To stay in a in a flat, you 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 experience the city so much more like a local rather than you know you have to go shopping, you go to the supermarkets, you do stuff that people that will actually live in Berlin do, and then you get a way more profound and better and more real reality experiences than when you're in a hotel where you always get your breakfast and you know where, where you don't really have to think for yourself. And I think that's great. So. I think Airbnb is a great invention. I agree. Let's talk about your experiences as a Airbnb user. Because you mentioned you've stayed at, at many different Airbnb spots. Yes. What's your experience as a guest? And what are the, some of the things that you think the Airbnb hosts can do better? In general, I had just a really great time. I mean, um, in the last six months, I probably stayed in 20 different places, 30 different places in Peru and Lima and uh, Rio de Janeiro. I rented two places for each a month. So I was basically living there one month here, one month there. Um, I was in Colombia, in Bogota, in Medellin, and, uh, and everywhere I used Airbnb, everywhere, even Spain, France. So I stayed 
three months in Airbnb places in the next in the, in the last uh, six months. And it was all the way good. I had amazing places in Rio de Janeiro. I had a place with three rooms, which is very similar to my place here with hammocks and everything I needed, like even water spender with like 20 liters of water. So, cause you can't drink the water from the tap there. And, uh, since they had a lot of visitors, everything you needed in terms of guidebooks and was great. And the, the person who opened the door, she explained me everything and what I could do. It was really a bit too much already. You know, sometimes I'm more on the side, like I want to explore these things myself. Don't tell me everything I have to do. <laughs> but in general, it was, it was, it was great. Great places, uh, okay prices. And yeah, just, just perfect. Just much better than going on booking.com and finding hotels and checking in and showing my passport and all these logistics that are involved with that. It's just very easy on Airbnb. I never had to wait for a host. I was feeling really free in terms of, you know, I, since I was two months in Rio, I obviously also met people and made friends and I could invite people to you know, have dinner at my place and cooking together. It was just like living and having my my own place for, for a short time. So is there anything that you've noticed over while you were staying at these Airbnbs, like some things that, that they could do better or some advice for Airbnb hosts? Uh, could also be some things that you noticed that somebody did really well? Well, you know, one thing that I, for example, look for is not having any noise. I don't really like noise in the beginning. And another thing is I, I really like it dark at night and I don't like too much waking up when it's bright or let's say it gets bright then i wake up no matter what time it's even if it gets bright at six so it would be more like a recommendation for airbnb and how it displays the ads like it would be great if you could if you can add this kind of information in some sort of drop down like <laughs> i'm looking for a place which is very calm or you know where this the bedroom is dark these kind of things because that in my case has a major effect on, on the quality of my of my sleep um, other than that, just going through here. Oh, I had so many places. I even had a, I'm looking now, Ilha Grande. That's a, a small island in Brazil. When I came to this place, it was paradise. The host told me the key is below the doormat and you have to go to the main harbor and then walk through the jungle for four hours or you can take a boat. So we took the boat and we had a whole beach for ourselves and a little house on the mountain. So we were overlooking the beach. There was nobody else. We didn't see a single person. And we stayed in this, in this small woodhouse right at the beach in, in paradise for, for a couple of days. So I became the key from the doormat. That was fun. Yeah, there, there was, then now I see another place here in Cartagena, which is, that was a nudist camp. It was a tent in a nudist camp, which I didn't know before, but it was still pretty fun, like a, like a white Indian tent, uh, like a round Round tent, also great ambience, and yeah, so all the places I'm looking at, they were they were all good. And you know, I'm I don't book places which have no reviews, which is bad because if everybody would do that, no, no place would ever be booked. But um, I usually check if they already have reviews and 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 how what the quality of the reviews is, and and then I book it, and I guess that's that's the way to be on the safe side. So that's the main thing that you look at. You look at the reviews, probably look at some pictures. But uh, what about the nude camp? Like, you didn't know that it was a nudist camp? Like, that wasn't mentioned in the description? or 
Well, it was a Spanish ad, and I, I speak Spanish, but this 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 word I, I have never heard before. I can't remember what they said. I think it was ah uh, yeah, they used the word naturista, so that means like naturalists, and I would have expected nudista, which means like new new people. So naturalista apparently is the word in Spain to say that this is a nude. <laughs> a new place. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. You probably thought it was had something to do with nature. Exactly. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's pretty fun. So what are your what are your plans now? Are you gonna stay in Berlin for a while or Yeah, I'm gonna stay in Berlin for like six months. I probably since I have three rooms and I only basically choose one, I might rent out the other rooms on Airbnb as a shared place, which is uh, still legal. Um also not so much because of the money, it's it's also just because of of meeting people, you know, I, I did couch surfing a lot. I had 150 couch surfers in my place where you don't get any money, but I still did it because I like to get this, this spirit into my place, the spirit of people who are new at a place and are traveling. And uh, for me, that's sort of traveling even I'm, I'm at home because I get this traveling spirit uh, at my home. Um, so I, I think I keep on doing that. And uh, I have the Land Rover in my backyard, so... On Thursday, I take it to the workshop. It's, it's a bit broken at the moment. You can only start it when you push it. Uh, and then I want to spend, let's say, three three days a week on the weekend uh, in nature. There's great nature areas here around Berlin, lakes and, and forests. Um, and I'm so used to it. You know, I was making a campfire every every day for a month now and, and grilling my, my, my food in nature with, with no people. And it's, it's quite hard to just be at, at a place now. So I, I plan on keeping doing that and at least until the winter comes and then see what happens. Awesome. And how, how do you support yourself while you're traveling? Well, I have a, I have an IT company. So um, I manage the comp. I have two employees and uh, they help. Um, I probably am responsible for 60 or 70% of, of the income. So I also work myself. Um, but I work on the Land Rover. You know, I have internet everywhere. And I was just in Morocco. For three three dollars, I bought a prepaid SIM card. For five dollars, I charged four gigabytes of data on it. So for eight dollars, I had internet for a month, and I could do Skype calls and whatever I have to do for my business from wherever I was, even from the desert sometimes, and it was no problem. I had the same experience in all South America and in, in Thailand, where I was, and you recently, and. Everywhere the internet is so good and getting better and better. Even in Senegal, I was walking around in the city in Dakar and having a Skype call with my mobile phone on the prepaid $2 SIM card. So it's getting better and better in the last years. And uh, basically, I can work from anywhere. So, you know, I can wake up in the Land Rover at some beach, do some work for an hour, respond to emails, drive, make a lunch break, do some work meanwhile, and, you know, just living like that and working about three to I don't know, something between one and four hours per day. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like you're living the life. <laughs> it's, basically. it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, like, internet's really getting a lot better. I was I was in Raja Ampat uh, a couple of months ago, which is a really remote place in Indonesia near uh, the island of Iranjaya. And uh -huh. uh, I was very surprised that I actually was able to send emails. I was able to, you know, use my Airbnb app on the phone. Just because they had this one telecommunications tower on on the small island, and you know this is really in the middle of nowhere, you can't, you almost can't get much more remote than that. So uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely improving, and uh, which is great because it makes our lifestyle 
that makes it possible, basically. And I've noticed that, uh, you know, more and more people are becoming like digital nomads. There's more and more interest for it. There's several conferences each year yeah. now about digital nomads. So I think it's really like a community that's going to grow a lot in the, in the, re- in the next few years. So that's great. Yeah. And uh, we are, we are right in it. <laughs> Good times. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, do you have a, like a website or where people can go to? Yes. It's a bit complicated to remember. Maybe you can put it into the show notes, but it's Fabian Dietrich, uh, com. That's, that's my personal brand webpage. And then, uh, we did also a trip through South America with a Jeep through all countries in South America, managing our company from the road and uh, made a video documentary about it. And that's startupdiaries.org. So it's fabiandietrich.com. So it's F-A-B-I-A-N-D-I-T-T-R-I-C-H.com. That's it. That's it. And then the other one is startupdiaries.com. Dot org. Dot org. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. So I think that's really interesting uh, what, what you're doing. So I'm sure a lot of people uh, want to go and check that out. Anyway, thanks for being on the show. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. And good luck with your Land Rover and all your <laughs> adventures and experiences. And exactly, uh, exactly. and hopefully we'll, we'll cross paths in the future another time. Yeah, let me know, Jesper. If you're ever in Berlin, you can always crush and my couch, uh, just send me booking an Airbnb. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you, you get it for, for free. And yeah, thanks for being on your show and uh, have a good day, man. All right, Fabian, thank you very much. And for all the listeners out there, thanks for listening. I've been, the last few weeks have been, it's been a little bit challenging to record these episodes. So I had to skip a couple of weeks, but in the next few weeks, you can expect another episode every Monday. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.